MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, here we go. Pac-12 fans, this one's for you. Put your hands up, This is the Pac-12 Apostles. Keeping it real. And only the truth lives here. Pac-12 Apostles. Guess who's back? The Pac-12 Apostles are back. Back like cook crack. Um, <laughs> Pac-12 basketball is upon us. Uh, we're down to the final four in the tournament, and we will see who's going to win it and what they're going to do in the tournament in Oregon State. What the hell happened to them? Lincoln Riley's house details go viral. 13 milli. Bro, I wonder if he's just going to helicopter in. Um, JT Daniels may be on the move to Corvallis. Colorado hires a coach. Coach leaves, and then there was a lie involved. And inexplicably, Washington moved two games to Friday night. Two games to Friday night. I hate it with a passion. This feels very Washington. Very, very Washington. Um, I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amson. And this is the Pac-12 Apostles, the podcast by Pac-12 fans for Pac-12 fans. But you get the absolute truth, absolute fire all the time. So we will start, though, with the Pac-12 basketball tournament. Ralph, I, I don't I am having a rough year in my sports fandom. Well, a rough 2021 season, essentially. Because of what happened to my Dodgers last year, what happened to uh, the Lakers, what's happening to the Lakers this year and then last year in the playoffs, being so injured and all of that. And then my Oregon Ducks, the football team fell apart at the end of the year. There's two Utah games and then the coach leaving and then the bowl game was atrocious, too. And then Pac-12 basketball. I'm thinking it's going to be a typical Dana Altman season. Start out rough, getting the transfers to jail together. 
And this year it didn't come, not even going to make the tournament. At least we're better than Oregon State and Washington. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, you're you're playing that game, the justification game. No, Shout no, out to I, Oregon I still, State, by I the still way. I hate it, though. Oregon State did something I've never seen before in my life. They won three games in the 2021 NCAA tournament, and then they won three games in the 21-2022 uh, NCAA regular season. Amazing. They went 3-28 and this year. <laughs> Including like 18 straight losses or 19 straight losses, bro. So a bunch of those losses that they took were were uh, uh, a couple score games. So it's not like they spent the year getting blown out. They just it was close, but no cigar in about half of their their 28 losses. But I, I genuinely you you quoted some stat to me where you had said that there were some teams that had. Uh, gone to the Elite Eight and then been 20 lost teams the next year. But I, I, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee without all the facts in front of me that nobody has ever won three games in the tournament and then only three games the following season. There's no way. Yeah. Um, I just can't, I can't even imagine that. So you said, uh, um, uh, what about their coach? Right? Yeah, like, you, what? Yeah. Do you give him grace going into next year like what what do you do uh in that situation because obviously it's nowhere but up but if they only win 10 12 games next year are they going to make a change two years after having a deep tournament run maybe because it feel it feels like you know it's broken right like that would be you're you are allowed you know a an outlier season you know what I mean? Yeah. You are allowed that. Even John Calipari has had it. So has, you know, Mike, Mike Shashevsky. Great coaches have had outlier seasons. Sometimes you don't recruit the way you thought that you were going to recruit. Tinkle got a bunch of transfers in, had three returning starters. It just didn't work. So you are allowed to do that, but you got to fix it in short order. Are we rooting for this podcast is probably going to come out or people will listen to it after the game is already over. But I want to know from you, George Klyavkov openly said he's rooting for upsets in the Pac-12 tournament so that they can get an extra team in. Like he gets it, right? Are we rooting for Colorado to beat Arizona so that we can possibly get a fourth team into the mm. tournament? Because it's, it's, it's going to be probably three teams unless Colorado does something special, right? Probably. Dude, George Kliakoff does get it. He's the one who is like, I am so bullish on him as the commissioner right now because he gets it because he knows that if you have more teams that are already guaranteed tournament bound, right? I mean, Arizona is going to be a one seed. So now if they get knocked off by, let, let's say, Colorado, now Colorado has a legitimate shot to make the tournament. That could be the thing that seals their tournament berth. And now, as we saw from last year, people like were down in the Pac-12, Pac-12 is garbage, this and that. And then they came out and made, had four teams in the Elite Eight, or th no, three teams in the Elite, or was it four teams in the Elite Eight? Uh, I believe they had four, four last year. There were yeah. four teams that went on quite a run. Oh, no, 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 no. Three teams in the – four teams in the Sweet 16, three, three in the in Elite, Elite Eight. Eight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, to me, sent a real message uh, that, that the Pac-12 can do it, that there is not a problem. And I loved it, dude. I was excited, and I think that he's right. 
Now, on the women's end, we may need some upsets as well because last year the entire Pac-12 felt like the top of the Pac-12, Oregon, Arizona, yeah, Oregon, Arizona, UCLA, Stanford were all top 10 teams for the majority of the season. This year, you only have two Pac-12 teams ranked. That's weird because Oregon hasn't lived up to expectations. They've been there. Um, yeah, so. It looked like Arizona State was going to mount a furious comeback. They won six of their last seven going into the Pac-12 tournament and were up 15 points with uh, two minutes and change left to go against Stanford. And then they completely collapsed, lose the game 71-70, and, uh, and their season comes to an abrupt end. And then you have um, both both Oregon and I feel like and Colorado both have a lot of good wins, but a lot of ugly losses. Maybe, perhaps, a Colorado team playing um, an Arizona team that lost Kirk Krissa to, a, to an ankle injury at the end of Last night's Arizona win over Stanford. Maybe they have what it takes. I don't know, though, if it's going to be enough for them to get in the tournament if they just make the Pac-12 Conference Championship final. They might have to win the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are but one. You, you are going to have probably Arizona with a one seed in the tournament and, and UCLA with a two or a three, though. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the basketball teams are doing a good job and I would not be surprised if Arizona wins the, the whole thing, but I cannot say that I am, I am kind of shocked at, at how good that this team has turned around since Sean Miller left. Like, like how has he been able to get this team to be so good so fast? I think that, Sean Miller was really, really good at recruiting, and we can talk about whether or not that was a legitimate skill or an extracurricular um, skill. And what's odd about this program potentially being a favorite to go really deep in the NCAA tournament, maybe even win it, is they're still waiting on possible sanctions to come down off of that whole thing. Book Richardson served jail time. You know how stupid that is? Everybody (laughs) is going to be gone. Everybody is going to be gone. That was a part of that situation. And then you end up like, like that. It's terrible. Are you going to feel the same? Do you, are you going to feel the same way about Arizona state football when 12 months from now, after Herm retires that they, they end up with sanctions on a program that he's not even involved with anymore. And that Antonio Pierce was allowed to resign from and all that stuff. Yes. Yes. All right, just making sure because there's some people out there that think that you are rooting for fire and brimstone to to rain down upon Tempe. Um, yeah, I, no, dude, it's the same exact situation for Arizona State as it is for everybody else. Is that if you're going to punish people, it just quote unquote justice needs to be swift. Because if you don't, everybody's gone because everybody knows that the punishment is coming. So they're taking life rafts on the way out. So, yeah, yeah, so so this stuff needs to be handled earlier and in a much different way. Um, Lincoln Riley. um, Lincoln Riley. What the details of his new mansion came out. And mind you, he moved from a $1.6 million house in Norman, Oklahoma, to a $13 million house in California. And now this house looks amazing. 
the the details on this thing are absolutely fabulous and you know and and i mean so much the the funniest part about this is that you have full buy-in from colin coward colin coward he retweeted the details of the house and said my coach deserves the best. My coach. His my, daughter just his daughter just graduated from Arizona State, but okay. Yep. Oh no, no, no. He 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 readily admits that that there is that there is bias as it relates to him, that he's a big coast, big city bias person. <laughs> you know, do do you know where he got his degree from? Oh, it was a small it was a small school in Washington, right? Yeah, he's a big sky guy, Eastern Washington, Redfield. Yep. yep. So, yeah. So, but here are the details 13,000 square feet, seven bedrooms, 12 baths. Okay. Sorry, it was 17.2 million. I, I, I apologize. It's oceanfront, five car garage, an elevator, seven fireplaces, a movie theater, a tennis court, a putting green, a sauna and steam room, a 600-bottle wine room, and a guest house. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up as well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. 
players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, you're an L.A. guy. Do you have any idea where this neighborhood is that he ended up in? Yes. Yes. It's in Palos Verdes. Okay. It's so a very it, nice neighborhood. So he's going to have neighbors that are equivalent to or, or bigger or bigger. Some movie he's, producers and whatnot. Yes. He, he doesn't have the biggest house on the block. Let's just say that. <laughs> he's got a nice house on the block, but he doesn't have the best house on the block. I did check to find out what the nicest home within 30 minutes of Norman, Oklahoma was. And it ended up being like a 3.4 million 12 acre uh, ranch on a lake that was 7,000 square feet, like five bedroom, five bath. And it yeah. was three, 3.4 million. So why, why do the they cost. have the exact same number of bathrooms as there are rooms? See, I've never, I've never, uh, I've never understood that uh, when you when you start looking at some of the mansions and the mega mansions, how the bathrooms uh, you end up with way more bathrooms than bedrooms. That's as somebody simple. who as somebody who dabbles in real estate, why why is that? Why the bigger the house, the the you have way more bathrooms than bedrooms? Because you have a lot of common area, and you don't want people using your bathrooms like in your room. So every room in a big house is going to have its own individual bathroom sometimes if there's kids like they'll have a jack and jill but pretty much all the rooms have their own private bathroom and then you need bathrooms in common areas and you're talking to a person who has more bat bathrooms than bedrooms in my in my house so yeah i've and, I'm, and, uh, and there's also a bathroom outside next to the pool like I a need little to get- washroom I need to get on your level because I'm I'm currently sitting I'm currently sitting at four bedrooms, three bathrooms with another two bedrooms being built. So I'm almost got two to one. Yeah. So so we have for what we use it for. Right. We have one, two, three, four, five bedrooms and one, two, three, four, five, six bathrooms. And then an office and um, office, my studio area. And this yeah. is this is what people come to the Pac-12 Apostles podcast for is uh, the co-hosts counting bathrooms. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> man. But but I will say for Lincoln Riley uh, in his 13, 12, 13 bathroom house in L.A., uh, is it going to be enough to keep him? around yes yes even if the arizona cardinals come calling or some some somebody like that dude yes you think there's sticking dude dude they okay so his quality of life here has i mean assuming that his wife likes it here and kids like it here and all that stuff right assuming that that's the case he's not leaving Dude, it is very hard to leave that to go coach the Packers. And like you're like, ah, man, this weather, I got to go back out to that cold. 
Mm, I like looking at the ocean every day, buddy. I like I like smoking a cigar, you know, hearing the waves crash against my, you know, uh, I don't even know what the hell you call that thing. The retaining wall or <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> Make like, it sound like he's in a cliffside castle. Yes, exactly. That's that's what he is. So, yeah. So I I think that Cliff Kingsbury is in it for the long haul. There's a lot of people that think that, oh, USC, USC fans on their board are literally like, yo, we have a chance to make the playoffs this year. No, you don't. You don't have an <laughs> offensive and a defensive line. Until you get big people, you don't have anything going. You can win every seven-on-seven seven tournament, though. Every seven-on-seven seven tournament <laughs> in, in the offseason. You can win them all. I pick you first. Because you got a quarterback. You got guys. But – you know, they're short at linebackers. They're short at D-line, O-line. Dude, their their secondary was a mess last year. So, yes, I, I am very concerned. Like, I think expectations need to be tempered at USC. They will be significantly better than last year. But not anywhere close to a playoff team. Because as soon as they play Utah, they're going to get the they're going to get pushed up and down the field. So what do you think what do you think uh that your typical Oklahoma fan who is still in denial about the idea that uh that anybody could ever leave uh the Sooners and if they did leave they're not a true Sooner. What do you think that they're thinking when they look at that house? Would they have made the same decision? Bro, do you watch Twitter? Do you watch what 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 people say? Oh my god, you I can't believe you moved out to that shithole California. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, people. Cal- California is the worst place on earth. Do not come out here. It is a it is negative, it is terrible. Like like listen, listen. You 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 will barely make it out alive. Do not come out here, please. I would I would love to talk to somebody who would swear up and down that they would turn down $110 million over 10 years, <laughs> plus a $5 million housing allowance, plus they bought your home in Norman to live on the beach. <sighs> I really would love to just talk to that person. Hey, I I, I really enjoy four, four seasons so, so much. I'm going to stay, stay here. Dude, if they offered that to Luke Fickle, Luke Fickle would have taken it. And he loves Cincinnati. He loves Ohio. If you offered him that exact same, like if you were like, hey, yo, do you want to switch with Lincoln Riley? Salaries, house, everything right right now. He'd be like, cool. All right, I'm out. Yeah, I don't I, I'm definitely I, I don't I don't blame the guy. I think it's good for the Pac-12. Um, I'm interested to see if it means that the Pac-12 South window gets slammed shut or if Utah got enough momentum to to provide them a rival. Utah has enough years. runway to still be able to compete and they can do it this year. Then if they knock them down this year, they will continue that mo- momentum, but they cannot lose to USC this year. Otherwise that creates a perception like, Oh, it's USC's time. And then you that affects recruiting everything else. You got to do something different. Yeah. Um, another team that needs desperately needs something is Oregon state. The beeves need a quarterback. And the one of the quarterbacks that we talked about earlier in the earlier this year was JT Daniels, who is well, 
JT Daniels, who's leaving Georgia, but he's not going to leave till after spring ball. And uh, Jaden Daniels, we both said that they both should be looking to go to Oregon State. And right. JT Daniels ended up at LSU, which Jaden ended up at LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaden ended up at LSU. I don't like that move. I feel like he made that move because he felt like that was a big name program. And instead of going somewhere like Colorado State, where they're going to throw the ball around, you you just have Jaden Strong, um, who's going to be a high NFL draft pick. I just don't like I think he chose to now he's in a QB competition. Where he may lose it. I don't think that was a smart move. I think he just jumped on the on the. You know, because it was LSU and he wanted to be in a big program as opposed to, you know, what was necessarily the best move for him. Uh, he's kind of out of sight, out of mind for me. Like, I, I, I wish him the the absolute best, but he didn't. I would have been really excited if he stuck around in the in the Pac-12 because we got to watch him for two and a half years, two and a quarter years and and uh, and get familiar with what he can bring to the table. And he, he, he got a couple of big wins. Um, you know, Michigan State, Oregon, um, some really, really good home games at Sun Devil Stadium. Uh, but I would say that, you know, I'll, I'll tune in if he's playing. But for the most part, they, they, they got a decent quarterback crop out there, and that's a really tough place to go in and and elevate who you are offensively. You know, we're talking about somebody who hasn't had a 300-yard passing game since his freshman year against Oregon, we're talking about somebody who averages 175 passing yards a game and about 1.4 total touchdowns, both rushing and passing, you know, uh, and somebody who didn't appreciate some of the heat that he was getting and whose family didn't appreciate some of the heat that he was getting in Tempe. What do you think is going to happen if you throw one interception, one bad interception at LSU? You're going to have the entire really? South calling for your neck because that's that's what they do there. So, you know, I definitely um, wish him the best and hope he's ready for all that. I think it's an interesting fit and I do want him to succeed. But for the purposes of what I pay attention to during the football season, this is Pac-12 centric for a reason. We started this podcast for a reason. I'm going to be I'm going to be a lot more focused on, you know, JT Daniels if he ends up in Corvallis than I am um, Jaden Daniels in in Baton Rouge, but do you think JT Daniels would be able to go in there to Corvallis and unseat Jebbia um, and their returning starter, who I'm assuming is, they they wouldn't be looking if they didn't think that he could be unseated. I think it's very possible, right? See, I like their incoming freshman. I like Throckmorton. I wouldn't be surprised if he went there and beat everybody. I I see Throckmorton every week. Cause he works out with my, with my son. So I see him all the time. Throck, Throckmorton's definitely going to have the, um, the only reason why I don't think he's going to have the potential to do that is because I don't think he checked in early. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So not, not going through spring brawl makes it very difficult for a freshman quarterback to come in and, you know, and really c- compete. So, uh, but I've seen him so much that I don't think that he's in school already. So, but, um, 
but let me check to be a hundred percent. It's like, look, if he was in Corvallis, I would know because I see him every single week, but he does. I feel like he'll fit really well in, in, in Jonathan Smith's offense kind of reminds me of Jonathan Smith a little bit, but as far as, as far as JT Daniels, you know, he, he's got a national championship under his belt, albeit he got injured and got replaced by Stetson Bennett at Georgia. He had his time at, um, at USC where I felt like he looked impressive as a freshman, even though I feel like he was maybe trying to do too much, uh, which is the same thing I feel like that happened to, uh, to, to Jackson dart. Um, but you do have M- Missouri who is in the market for a quarterback. And if you were JT Daniels, you played well, at USC and you played at Georgia. If, if it came down to Oregon state or Missouri, what are you going to do? I say you go see well, M- Missouri and Oregon State kind of have the same situation. They have a bunch of guys on the roster who haven't really played a ton. But at Oregon State, you have Jebbia coming back who, off of his knee injury. And then you have the kid that started th- this last year. Um, so, I, listen, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think that when you're in JT Daniels' position, I would probably be, be even looking at, at – um, Colorado State, I'd be looking at anywhere that I had a, the the best path to being on the field. Like that's like that's my, you know, path. Like I am getting on the field as soon as possible. Yeah, it, it is. It is funny that we're, you know, looking to replace Chance Nolan after he had a 19 touchdown, 10 interception uh season and we the whole time we were like Jaden Daniels would go in there and replace Chance Nolan right away when Jaden Daniels threw 10 touchdowns and 10 interceptions last year. So maybe maybe we're all gonna look stupid for for dismissing Chance Nolan. And I do know that they like Tristan Jebbia. Um but I do I do think it I've believed for a really long time that they're just an elite quarterback away from making serious noise in the Pac twelve North. And I just I know in my heart that Chance Nolan is not that elite quarterback. No, you are one hundred percent right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. 
If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ralph, Washington did something that I absolutely hate. Like, they did something that I absolutely hate, and it makes zero sense to me. Zero sense to me. So Washington moved two of their football games. Now, like, I can't imagine that their stadium is busy during, you know, that that anything else has priority over their stadium. Like, I, I can't imagine that anything else, you know, ranks, ranks higher in stuff to do than Washington football. But they decided to move the UCLA game. Well, the, the UCLA game is moved to Friday night, and that one's at UCLA, and the Oregon State game, and that's September 30th, and the Oregon State game was moved to Friday on November 4th. Can you explain to me why anybody would do that? Like, it, it is so ass-backwards because – the recruits that you're trying to recruit are playing football on Friday nights and then they're going to go hang out with their with their friends. Yes. And yes. then on top, like it, I just don't understand, Ralph. It makes zero sense to me. They did move the Apple Cup back to Saturday. Do you do you think that's a good exchange? So that recruits can see Washington versus Washington State. Instead of the Friday after Thanksgiving. No, no, that's not a good give and take. That's not a good give and take. The answer is don't do it. That's the thing. Don't do it. And I'm I'm extraordinarily anti-Friday game, but in this new era where people are only taking half their recruiting class out of the high school ranks and depending on transfers, I think that it doesn't matter as much. Yeah, it said in consultation with the Pac-12s, television partners ESPN that's who bro hate it Not, hate didn't it. Washington and ESPN have some kind of beef anyway so are we that we to assume that that beef is over with no because they don't have a choice and, and oh you're saying that they didn't okay so you're saying you're you're not blaming Washington because you don't think it was up to them no I'm saying I blame them on some level 
But I guess the the my my issue with the situation is I just don't understand why we're moving not one but two games to a Friday night. I I, I hate it with the power of a thousand suns. Somebody needs their ass whooped for this. Maybe let's go like super deep conspiracy uh, theory with it. Maybe it's so that uh, Heward can get out to a couple more games to see his son play. Oh my god, bro! <laughs> I I think it's possible. Kaylin DeBoer came in and said, "Like, yeah, we'll do it. Why not? Like, let's put this show on up against nobody." You know, it. it I can see them spinning it in that way. Ultimately, I am super against all forms of Friday college football. I think that day belongs to the minnow pool, the one you draw your fish from for the big pond. And if you don't respect that, and if you let TV be your God, then you end up in these situations where you're forced into doing things that aren't necessarily advantageous. But no other conferences get that are, that are power five get pushed into these, these sorts of situations. That's the part that bugs me. That's the part that bugs me is that, it's Pac-12 teams that are continuously pushed into this absolute madness. Yeah, I, I hate it that it means that UCLA and Oregon State now are forced to play on a Friday when they when they wouldn't have otherwise. So it's not just Washington that's affected by this. It's two other Pac-12 teams. Yep. Um, now, you also had Colorado – Hire a new coach. Like what? <laughs> what is going on at Colorado, Ralph? I because, think coaches stay where they believe there's a future. And you think that they believe that there's no future there? Maybe no future for that staff. And that's the and that's the thing is that is that okay so they they hire Carl Durrell. People aren't necessarily super excited about that as well. And Which then, they didn't want to be in a situation to have to hire Carl Durrell. They wanted to hang on to Mel Tucker. And Mel Tucker said that he was going to stick around and then Michigan State threw so much money at him that it would have been irresponsible of him to say no. Like Michigan State offered him an assistant coaching salary pool that would have changed 20 to 30 people's lives forever. So it, I would have been mad at Mel Tucker if he was like, no, I'm going to honor my word. Like, yeah. He, so, he, yeah. So yeah. Vic, Vic, so Oto got hired by Carl Durrell on December 30th. And then he ended up telling Carl Durrell that he decided to leave the program. And Carl Durrell said it was for family reasons to take a, a coaching position at Cal and then Vic so Oto was like, nah, that ain't it fam. That ain't what happened. The family reasons are inflation. <laughs> the, fa- <laughs> the family reasons are it's expensive to get everyone a pizza like that. The family reasons are cash money, right? Like he and security, he has more security and he'll probably be making more money at, at Cal. It's just probably a better situation for him. Exactly. So, but, but why lie? Like why lie? Especially if the coach is not, uh, you know, buying it anyway. I mean, like if you're going to 
do that. Don't you have to check in with the person first and be like, yo, here's here's what I'm going to say. Are you going to go along with this? Uh, no, I think that may- maybe Carl Durrell didn't lie. Maybe maybe um, Vic Soto said, like, this is going to be better for my family. And then Carl Durrell says he left for family reasons, which makes it sound like. You like know, there's somebody sick or something going could, on. Yeah, yeah, it could be a sick relative. You could be having marriage troubles. It, it, you know, it could be it could be any number of things. When like the family reasons are like, no, we'd just be happier out here. We're not happy where we're at, and that's. <laughs> I don't think it's as but big of a. I think it's, this is though, right. Yeah, this is off season talk. That's what this is. Dude, yeah, yeah, I got family reasons for leaving. Now we we have spring ball getting ready to start. And obviously, this is hope season. This is optimism season for all the teams. Who has the who has the most realistic set of hope in the in the Pac-12 right 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 now? You you get to pick one team that has, and you see the message boards, you see the fans. Who has the most realistic, um, you know, situation to do what? To do to win, to win the conference. No, no, or no, to, no, no, no. Because everybody's goals are going to be a little bit different. Like Arizona would consider it bowl eligibility, while Utah would consider it winning the conference. No, I was just saying, who has the most? Like, which fans are are on the right track as far as their expectations for their team for this season? Utah. I think it's got to me, it's got to be Utah because um, Oregon kind of has to feel out their situation. You know, they're excited about the staff that came in, but I think there's still some questions. Dan Lanning's never led a program before. This is going to be the most responsibility that Kenny Dillingham has had. Um, And so I think there's probably still some trepidation there. Um, but I do think the Oregon fans have plenty of reason to be excited. For me, it's if you spend an entire year with John Wilner whispering that that uh, Kyle Whittingham might be done in Utah and you're coming off of winning the conference for the very first time, um, you're returning your starting quarterback, you're, you were very young last year, and your coach didn't leave. After all that, your coach didn't leave. You're going to have the same OC, you're going to have the same DC. It, to me... If I'm a Utah fan, I'm like, all right, we got this house money. Let's place a big bet. No, no, that's a that's a legitimate thing. Um, yeah, so I am going to choose the University of Utah because Utah, I believe, has legitimate expectations to win the South again. I think that they are that they are a good team, well-coached. Obviously, they lose a lot in Devin Lloyd at linebacker in particular, but they got their quarterback back. Running back looks good. Offensive line is going to be in good good shape. They are good. They should be the team to beat in, in the conference. Well, in the in the South, at least. And they, they really have no excuse to start slow again. They're going to get San Diego State again, so they got a chance to get them back, but that's going to be in Salt Lake City. They could start 0-1 because they have to play in Gainesville. Uh, But there's no guarantee that that Florida team is going to be ready to play for Billy Napier. 
you're looking at us looking at the schedule. It is it is completely feasible to 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 look at uh, Utah's schedule and say anything less than ten wins would be a disappointment. Yeah, and what a long way they've come to to be in that situation. They get USC at home. The toughest game at the end of the season is probably going to be going to Eugene. Yeah. They've proven they can win in LA after beating USC last year, and they got to go to LA to play UCLA. They got to go to Sun Devil Stadium, but that, you know, who knows what Arizona State's going to look like. This looks yeah. like 10 wins minimum to me. Yeah. I, yeah, it, it is. And that's coming after we weren't very bullish on this team last year. So, yeah, so I'm excited about Do you think them. the Pac-12 media is smart enough to take a year off of predicting USC to win the South? Um No. Oh, hell no. Hell no. A- absolutely not, dude. When so you Link, think they'll pick Riley there? Dude, there, there is no chance. There is about a zero percent chance that they take a year off of pumping up USC. It ain't, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. So you might as well get used to it now because USC fans already believe that they have a chance to win the uh, the well to make the college football playoff. Some of their fans are like college football playoff, and I'm like, you don't have a line, chill, fam. <laughs> like you're doing way too much right now. So yeah, so that's where we're at there. Um, you guys, that is the Pac-12 apostles. We are back. Um, off season, there is no off season now. We are back with you guys regularly. Thanks for joining us. Peace out. Catch you guys later. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.